While both Verlin and I use Facebook and I use Twitter a little bit, we thought it was high time to talk about social media use and marriage. Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Verlinda Simone Gendel. Hey, everybody. This is episode number 90, and we're going to be talking about the use of social media and how it impacts marriages. We're not uh, Facebook haters or anything like that. But uh, none of us have parents who've booked 30 plus years of marriage and can tell us about the dangers of social media. This That's is a, so true. Yeah. A new thing. And so we have to prepare ourselves for it and also figure out what are the healthy boundaries we want to put into place to make sure we don't get caught up in something that we never intended or wanted to happen. Yeah. Like but, an online affair. Yeah. Very few people wake up in the morning and think, oh, I'm going to go looking for an affair today. Yeah. Like that's just not usually how it works. Yeah. It's tends to be something we slide or kind of drift into most of the time. Mm-hmm. And it's even easier to do that online than it is in person. Mm-hmm. And we're going to look at why that is later on. Kind of scary. Yeah. So I thought, Vernon, let's look at this generally to start with and then focus in on distraction and jealousy and infidelity, which are some kind of unique or if that's okay. A, I think I might have just made a word up there, but it was a good <laughs> word to make up. Uh, some right. uniquer aspects of this. I think it would be pronounced uniquer. Uniquer? Yeah. That's too much like a unicorn. All right. Well, why don't we just go into internet use and romance? Okay. Seeing as this is not a linguistics podcast. Good so thing. a study in 2014 looked at the relationship between social media usage, marriage satisfaction, and divorce rates. And they looked at surveys of married individuals as well as state-level data from the United States of America. And they found that the, the use of social media negatively correlated with marriage quality and happiness, meaning as social use went up, marriage quality and happiness went down. That's crazy. Like just from innocent use of social media. Right. Yeah. The use of social media positively correlated with experiencing a troubled marriage and considering divorce, meaning that both of those things increase together. So more social media increase or use um, correlated with more likelihood of troubled marriage and consideration of divorce. So that's not saying that that's a cause. We're not or talking an cause effect. We're only noting correlation, correlation in the study. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. And they continue to find these correlations even after taking into account various economic, demographic, and psychological variables that are known to be related to marriage well-being, which just means that, you know, all sorts of things come at play in mm-hmm. our lives, right? Mm-hmm. And they tried to isolate and remove out as many of those as they could. And they have these very complex, multivariate expressions that they used to do this. But at the end, it suggests that social media plays a much larger role than we think in our marriages. Wow. Now, another study from 2014 cited another interesting statistic. One third of divorce cases, and this study cited a study from 2011. Okay. One third of divorce cases mentioned Facebook. And they also noted that the top Facebook concerns are inappropriate messaging to individuals of the opposite sex. Wow. Like to think that Facebook even plays a part in a divorce or the cause of divorce or reason for divorce or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And most of us are just using this to share pictures of our kids, stay in touch with old friends. Yeah. You know, and so we don't, you know, we don't, uh, it's not like we signed up for a site that's like a dating site or an affair, whatever you call that one. An affair coordinating site. I don't want to name it. So, you know, social media can definitely be detrimental to marriages, but it's not a given. And at times it does have a positive place in intimate relationships. So for example, I love posting photos to a private album on Facebook when I travel. 
and you just have access to the album. Yeah. And it just helps us keep in touch and the kids see the photos and they comment back and forth and it, it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Just that connection when you're awake. Yeah. So again, we're not Facebook haters, but we need to talk through these things. Now for overall use, the Pew Research Center did a phone survey of couples on their social media usage and how it affected their relationship. And they found out that of the individuals they surveyed, 71% of married couples used social networking sites. Mm-hmm. 10% of users, internet users who are married or partnered say that the internet has had a major impact on their relationship. 17% say, percent say it was a minor impact and 72% that it's no real impact at all. Okay. So there's, there's a belief that this isn't touching marriages. Now, of those who indicated that it did have an impact, which is the 10%, 20% of that 10 said the impact was mostly negative. 74% said it was mostly positive and 4% it was both positive and negative. How does social media have a positive effect on your marriage? Well, things just like we said, like it can keep in touch when we travel so we feel more connected. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 right? okay, yep. Now, if you have somebody that's like a high traveler, which I'm not, like a high frequency of travel, mm-hmm. that might be a really big thing. Right. Eight percent of internet users in a committed relationship have had an argument with their spouse or partner about the amount of time one of them was spending online. Hmm. I'm surprised it's only eight <laughs> percent. Only because we're in that eight percent. So, yeah. Well, we'll find out shortly that it's higher in younger couples, though. Okay. Right. Four okay. percent of internet users in a committed relationship have gotten upset at something that they found out their spouse or partner was doing online. And these numbers related more closely to relationship tension for younger adults between the ages of 18 to 29, because that's the group that has the largest consumption of social media. Yeah, makes sense. Married group. Yep. 18% of online 18 to 29-year-olds have argued with a partner about the amount, the amount of time one of them spent online, compared with 8% of all online couples. Right, okay. 8% say that they've been upset by their partner was something their partner was doing online, compared with... of all online couples. So it's double. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And so those are kind of just statistics out there, whatever. But I, I think that this touches more lives than people realize. Like, I think it's, I think the numbers are bigger than this. Yeah. It's my gut sense. Yeah. I could be wrong. I can't help think, but you know, of some of the things I've seen posted online, Mm -hmm. I can't imagine that their spouse doesn't get upset. Yeah. Like if it's not bothering you, it should be. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's bothering me and I'm not even in the situation. Yeah. And so what we want folks to do today is to listen and just to think about how and how often you're using social media and make sure that you and your spouse are both good with this, that Mm -hmm. it's healthy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and this is where we come to the three things that I mentioned earlier. So the first one is distraction and time. Now, a researcher in 2007 looked at excessive internet use that qualifies as internet addiction. And they defined that internet addiction as any online related compulsive behavior which interferes with normal living and causes severe stress on family friends loved ones and one's work environment compulsive is just the idea that you can't seem to stop yourself from doing it mm-hmm. and that's a key aspect of addiction so one type of internet addiction is spending excessive time on various means of communication including chat rooms email, and social media. And as part of the study, they surveyed individuals with internet addiction and found that 85% said they experienced relationship problems because of arguments with their spouse about the amount of time that they spent at their computer. Makes sense? Yeah. 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 And so excessive use of time on social media is often what leads to many of the other problems that can surface in couples' relationships over the use of social media. And the question is kind of, how do you know if you're addicted? And I think one way Mm -hmm. to tell that is if you find it really hard to take a break or to stop. Another is, yeah, another is if it's interfering with normal living, 
like it just gets in the way of the normal day-to-day yeah. paths and habits, right? Yeah. And one problem that exacerbates this, and we've seen this in our marriage, is compulsive smartphone use. Like you just pick that thing up without thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And there's a growing body of research documenting the fact that people actually experience anxiety when they're away from their phone more than 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. So true, yeah. right? Like I know when I leave my phone at home, it's like, oh no. Yeah. The world has stopped because so, I don't have my phone. Yeah. And Sunday actually had a good opportunity for some healthy marriage sarcasm, but I didn't bother. But I will now that we're on recording in front of 3,000 people. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, you, I get a text from our daughter who said, mom forgot her phone. And I felt like texting back. That's okay. She's got popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> I did have popcorn in the car. You did. Yeah. <laughs> She'll be fine. So Maybe that's why I downed the whole bucket. <laughs> I lost my phone. Get me some popcorn. <laughs> Anyways, you know, we see couples out to supper and they're on their phones. Mm-hmm. And that's sad. What's even sadder is that people have seen us do yeah. the same thing, right? <laughs> but sometimes it's genuine. Like, yeah. you know, what if the babysitter texts you? Yes. Or whatever. Like, Or we've been like, we've had a meal together, stayed fully engaged. And at the end, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do next, like directions or something. We're both right. on the phone. Yeah. So we don't need to judge people. No. But, but if one spouse is sitting there and the other spouse is on the phone the whole meal? Yes. That that's an issue. Yes. And I think this is where we just want to trust our listeners to do that self-check-in to say, if you're not doing something you have to do at that moment, then get off your phone and gaze longingly into your spouse's eyes. Okay. Why did you just laugh at that? <laughs> you just made it sound so funny. Oh. I don't know. Okay. But that's very romantic, honey. Thank you. Throw me another bone. With <laughs> so... We need to be more intentional about being less distracted and more present in our marriages. And I think that that's one major takeaway that I hope comes from mm-hmm. this show already. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. Just be more present yep. and be less distracted. Now, let's talk about jealousy and monitoring of okay. a partner's online activities. So jealousy is another issue that social media brings into a marriage where, you know, this complication didn't exist in our parents' generation when they right. were our age. Yeah. When one person uses social media excessively, it can lead to feelings of jealousy from their spouse, even if nothing inappropriate is actually going on. Hmm. Yeah. And in turn, that jealousy can lead to monitoring of the spouse's online activities. Now, again, all these studies are quite fresh. There's a study now from 2011, looked at Facebook intrusion and relationship satisfaction in college students in Hmm. romantic relationships. So it's not marriage. It is, you know, air quotes, romantic. They define Facebook intrusion as excessive attachment to Facebook to the point that it interferes with day-to-day activities and with relationship functioning. And they looked at the links between this intrusion into one's life of Facebook and relationship satisfaction and jealousy and surveillance, which is the monitoring of the Mm -hmm. partner's Facebook use. And they found that Facebook intrusion was linked to relationship dissatisfaction through jealousy and surveillance. In other words, This Facebook intrusion led to jealousy and to surveillance from the romantic partner, which led to dissatisfaction with the relationship. Mm. And it just kind of highlights the possibility that high levels of Facebook use or intrusion spills over into our romantic relationship and can create jealousy and dissatisfaction. Wow. Just from using it. It's not even like it's bad use of it. No, no, no. And this is just good to note because it normalizes it. That if your spouse is like, on the phone on Facebook too much or something like that and you're feeling jealous and they're like, what's your problem? I'm just checking something on Facebook. Well, there's a lot of people experiencing this. Mm-hmm. I experience this. I'm yeah. sure you do too. You don't like it in the car if I'm on my phone. No, I'd rather be connecting with you. Or you'd rather be sitting there in silence. 
All right, next point. <laughs> so if your spouse is asking you, to, this is not me preaching at you, but saying okay. this generally. Okay. Yeah, this is me being passive aggressive with my wife, everybody. <laughs> but if your spouse is asking you to get off your phone, get off it. And they might be making a bid for a connection there. That's what I think. Yeah. Because I know that's what I want. So that's me being, you know. Open. Openly aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> that's much better. So that bid for connection, though, is so critical. And, you know, if this is the first time you're kind of coming across this idea of connection and, and distraction, make sure you go to episode 42 called Distraction is Killing Your Message. Marriage. <laughs> your message. <laughs> I think it just killed yours. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. But Sorry. do you remember the lesson from that one? That was that it actually undermines your spouse's sense of yes. identity when we fail to pay attention to them. Yeah. Like they're not worthy of your attention. Yeah. Yeah. That's I do why even that. when I sit there in silence, I need you to gaze at me adoringly. Like, <laughs> I'll remember that. <laughs> You're doing a lot of those kind of snarty laughs today. I'm noticing that. Okay. So what happens is when we get distracted by social media, we are... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what you can't see when I'm recording these podcasts is the time when Verlinda <laughs> sticks her tongue out at me. Can we get back to helping everybody? Yeah, I don't okay. even remember what we were talking about. No. Oh, connecting. See, yes. we were just so connected there. We were. Mm-hmm. What happens is when mm-hmm. we get distracted by social media, we actually are completely disengaged from our spouse. I agree with that. Like you could talk to me and I wouldn't even know what you said. Yeah, I should try that. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Which is precisely the opposite reason of why we got married. We wanted to feel connection, mm-hmm. to feel intimacy and to know and to be known. Like these are the driving forces behind marriage. And then in our marriage, we choose to do things that take us exactly away from what we wanted to accomplish. Like I get on my phone instead of connecting with you. Yeah. Because social media is at our fingertips and the phone vibrates and it's all pinging us and it's all, it's all right there. Yeah. We, and, do you know what? Remember we went through and we like turned off all our notifications. Yep. That's a good practical tip. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But those moments when we normally turn to each other to fill in the blanks of life, we Mm -hmm. turn to our phones and to social media. Yeah, that's kind of a hitter, hey? Yeah. And even before we thought about the recording of this episode today, we were talking about that this morning. We were. It's real. Yeah. So think about it, right? The last time you weren't sure what to do with yourself, did you grab your spouse or did you grab your phone? (laughs) Oh, yeah. You make it sound so... Well, why not? Maybe because there's kids in the kitchen with you? Yeah, well... It has to be appropriate to the context, but yes, connect with grab her hand. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I see what you were thinking. Caleb, shut up. Yeah. Okay. So that's that. Yeah. Any thoughts, closing remarks? No, I just think that is so true though. Like it's so easy to pick up my phone. Yeah. And me too. And like. But you especially. (laughs) Nice try. Sorry. And like mindless, like you don't even have to think. You don't have to work at anything. No. It's just blah, it's blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just kind of do it without thinking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyways. Then yes. social media has a darker side yet. Oh dear. Infidelity and inappropriate relationships. Now, perhaps the most cited issue when it comes to relationship problems over the use of social media is inappropriate relationships and infidelity. And Mm -hmm. this seems obvious to me now, but even a couple of months ago, I wasn't aware of how easily this was happening until one of our listeners wrote to us and then another and then another. Yeah. And if you think about it, what an easy way to start an affair. Yeah. That's not a recommendation. that's That's a problem, right? Yeah. And we all project this idealized version of ourselves onto social media. So we look like the ideal potential partner, but then we also have this platform where we can kind of stalk or 
you know, check out another attractive person without mm-hmm. somebody seeing our eyes do that in real life. Right. And then make contact without the contact being seen and then get to know each other without ever saying a word out loud or going to a bar or to whatever you might do that at or any risk of being seen around town with someone who's not my spouse. Mm-hmm. It just takes all that risk away. Yeah. Yeah. It can be done so much more invisibly. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to educate ourselves about this and then work on, on some healthy boundaries. And that's where we're going to go for the, the closing part of our show today. Okay. So first, the educational part. Two researchers, Hurtline and Stevenson, in 2010, they outlined what they call internet-related intimacy problems. And these are instances where technology and the internet can complicate a couple's life together. Mm-hmm. Complicate. Yes. That's an understatement. Yeah. Anyways, they look at the specific internet-related intimacy problems of inappropriate relationships. That's too many words to start with. (laughs) That was pretty complicated. I'm amazed they even got through that. Inappropriate relationships that happen online. And they completed a literature review to identify possible contributing factors towards developing these relationships online, Mm -hmm. these inappropriate relationships. Okay. Now- What they did is from this literature review, they came up with seven A's of internet-related intimacy problems. And with these A, that that must be why, (laughs) that was after their four ins, I guess. Yeah. But these are very valuable, and there's some solutions here to help people think through this. And so uh, don't worry about writing these down if you're listening to us right now. We have a worksheet that we can email you a link to. I'll mention it again towards the end. But quickly, for the moment, you can get that off the blog post for this episode at oyf.link slash 90, or by sending a text message with the word podcast to 9292 spouse. So here's the seven A's. All righty. First one is anonymity. Anonymity? Did I say that right? Anonymity? Sure. Individuals on the internet can easily hide who they are to pursue a relationship. No surprises. Yeah. I learned this out. I was talking to one of the moms, you know, who maybe hadn't taken such great care of herself. And then I find out she has an avatar who's like this blonde model and whatever. And she plays that all day. It's anonymous for her. Yeah. No one knows what real life is like. For her. Yeah. 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 Second A is accessibility. And so many individuals have access to the internet 24-7 from any location. We do. That's our phones. Right. Right. Yeah. Do not put your phone by your bed. Yeah. Social networking sites such as Facebook and what used to be a popular in a bygone day, MySpace, and personal web pages, Twitter accounts, Pinterest, Snapchat, Snapchat, Instagram, all these things. They accelerate the accessibility one has to other connections and consequently the opportunities to engage in an internet affair. It's just easy. Yeah. You can flirt online at home, in the bathroom, in the study, at the office, at lunch, whatever. And recognizing this means that we need to build walls around our marriage. And we'll get to that shortly. Third A is affordability. So having a relationship online can be more affordable than real life. No paying for dinner or movies or outings. And there's no like, it doesn't come onto the credit card bill or out of the debit account or... Right. There's less evidence. Yeah. And so it's not going to affect the bottom line of the household. So it may go unnoticed. That's not good either. Yeah. Like I remember a guy when I was a younger person Mm -hmm. at a place that I was working and he always had to intercept the credit card bill. That was his task. Because there was things on it that shouldn't have been. That he, yeah, he didn't want his wife to see. Brutal. Fourth A is approximation. It refers to the quality about the internet, which approximates real world situations. So in other words, what can be viewed on the internet is becoming more close to the physical world. One can engage in particular sexual acts without participating in them in the real world. 
thus blurring the line between fantasy and action. It's virtual adultery. Wow. And honestly, like you can have the orgasm and the relationship without actually having sex. But I mean, that's still not good for your marriage. Like that's still an affair. Oh yeah. This is not an advertisement. I agree. Oh. It's terrible. Yeah. But this is part of the problem. Okay. And it's close enough to the real thing that it could be a huge draw. And this is what I hope is coming through here is that there's warnings here because this is just all so possible. I feel like all we're doing is giving them ideas of how to have an affair. <sighs> okay. We'll, we'll uh, shut the doors in a moment here. Okay. Ambiguity. Mm-hmm. The nature of online behavior is that it's ambiguous. And the line between acceptable and problematic behavior becomes blurred. That's another feature of the internet. Oh, so each one could have a different definition yep. of what it means to be like unfaithful. To the relationship. Huh. And so we're going to talk about that. So when there's no clear behavioral definition of what is or is not internet infidelity, one may be more likely to cross the line online in some situations than the other spouse. And this is something we need to talk through. Mm. Acceptability is the sex day. That's another issue. Much of the behavior on the internet that has been deemed inappropriate in society has found a way to be an accepted way of life on the internet. So think about pornography. But it can also be applied to other internet-related intimacy problems. For an example, at church, if I only talk to one other woman most of the time, that would not be acceptable. And people would be like, what's up with that? But why should I think that that's okay to do that online? I agree. Some people do, and it's not right. Yeah. Or they only comment on, like, women's pictures. Yes. Mm -hmm. So there's all these things, types of behavior that are available out there. And I think we need to understand, look, if it's not acceptable Offline, it's not acceptable online. Mm -hmm. And the last one is accommodation. So where approximation that we talked about earlier refers to the specific qualities of the internet which replicate or simulate the physical world, accommodation, however, that refers to the qualities of the individual which contributes to their internet usage. And that means that the extent to which there's a discrepancy between their real and their ought self, or as you said, the lady... Well, the avatar. The avatar of this projected ideal self, right? So the internet provides greater opportunity for one to act in a certain way in real time, but have a different persona when it comes to online behavior oh, and activities. Okay. okay. I okay. think I'm getting it now. Especially when there's no outward or obvious signs of this other seemingly contradictory persona. So I can have this really fit, idealized picture of myself online mm-hmm. as my avatar. And then in reality, like I'm not real great at self-care maybe. Mm-hmm. And so it's about real versus projected. And so what happens is we can put this idealized image of ourselves out there and two people can fall in love with each other, but forget that it's not really each other. It's just the representation. Who they're portraying themselves as. It's a shiny plastic version of who they really are. Wow. And so there was this article I found on the internet a few years ago that compared pictures of avatars of people on Second Life, which is a multiplayer role-playing game where you kind of design your own... uh, the physical appearance of your own being and you walk around this world with other people who have made their human beings look like something. <laughs> okay. But they're not human, but anyways, it compared the pictures of the avatars with real life pictures of themselves. Yeah. And I just remember this gray haired guy with a mullet, maybe 60 to 80 pounds overweight and by the photo, you know, lacking self care in other ways. But his avatar is this wedge shaped commando dude with no shirt, ammo strapped across his chest and dark, <laughs> handsome features. And it's just a reminder that what you're falling in love with online isn't real. And this person you've attracted isn't actually attracted to you. They're attracted to the image of you that you're presenting. And that's accommodation because it's a gap that you're bridging between your reality and what you wish you were like. Hmm. So that's some straight talk there. And I hope, you know, our listeners, you'll let me away with being frank and forthright. 
Yeah. I just think like, wouldn't it feel better to have a relationship with a real person? Yeah. But that can be harder to achieve. Because you actually have to work at it. Yeah. Real intimacy is harder than online intimacy. Right. So there's, you know, there's some empathy there in acknowledging that too. Mm -hmm. And yet my contention is that, you know, if you invested as much in your personal growth, time and energy, as you did in social media, you'd be a lot happier with yourself Mm-hmm. and think about what you'd be bringing to the table as far as your marriage goes too. Mm-hmm. That's true. So let's look at some recommended boundaries for Linda. Okay. Because we've talked about all these possibilities and none of them are great. No. Yeah. Number one, let your spouse know if you're communicating with someone of the opposite sex. So just let them know you're doing yeah. that. Because sometimes you have to. Yeah. And when you do it, keep it to business. If it gets chatty, refer them to your spouse. You know what? This happened to me on yeah. Facebook. And it was private message and it was like innocent stuff, whatever, but it just became a little bit much. So I just said, you know what? Why don't you just ask Caleb? Yeah. And I've never heard from them since. And they defriended me. Interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. And because there was nothing wrong going on. No. But obviously they were offended. No, we're not talking about at this level. We're not talking about flirting or anything. No. If you want to know what's going on with my family and you're not my gender, ask my wife. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Number, number two. A possible alternative to that, just set up a three-way conversation right off the bat. Yeah, we do so, this a lot. Yeah, like if we're if we're trying to or maybe planning a trip or a little outing with another couple or something, a three-way conversation or four-way is a great way to sort of put everything out in the open. Yeah. Well, sometimes the planner in the family's the husband, and sometimes the planner in the family's the wife. Yeah. Yeah. And if that you know when that gets crossed over, this is a way to make sure everybody's above board, right? Yeah. Number three. Be careful with that like button. Mm-hmm. And I always get nervous when someone, usually younger and female, is posting a selfie or a portrait that is pretty clearly them looking for approval. Yeah. And I understand why that happens. But then a bunch of married guys are jumping on that with the like button and comments. Oh. That relates to the jealousy issue with your wife. Yeah. Kind of like how we mentioned, I can't remember, in a previous one, though, about a guy who sees someone on the street and says, well, why can't you look like that? Oh, it's terrible. I mean, that's pretty much what they're doing without actually coming out and saying it though. Yeah. Saying, I like this. Yeah. And if you're a guy and you're seeing a photo like that and you're attracted to it, instead of feeling for that young person that's looking for approval and and empathizing with and recognizing their neediness that's represented in that Mm -hmm. image, then you got some work to do yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting point. Number four, depending on you and your spouse's temperaments and personality and history with infidelity, you may need to set even stronger boundaries. So these are not... Stronger than what we've just been talking about? Yeah. Okay. Like some people may just need to get off Facebook. Yeah. To make their spouse feel, feel safe, right? Yeah. But I guess, I think the key point here, Verlin, is that you should have a conversation about what it means to be unfaithful in the relationship. And to some degree, that needs to be ongoing if new social media channels are opening up or if you become involved in role-playing games and so on. Mm-hmm. So as these new channels come, we need to talk about, you know, our expectations of each other for faithfulness. Yeah. I think it's interesting though, like even if you gave your spouse your passwords, whatever, and said, go ahead, we were just talking earlier that surveillance, you know, if you get to that point where you need surveillance, it's decreasing your marital satisfaction. Yes. So watching is not a great solution. No. Like agree to these standards and honor them. And honor them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a good practice too, Verlena, fifth point in this section, that to call each other out on being real on social media. Mm -hmm. Don't you think? Yeah, I'm just trying to think if we have an example that I'm forgetting like, about. To a degree. Okay. And I don't mean like, you know, 
you're criticizing your your spouse for something right on the Facebook thing that they just posted. Yeah. Oh no. But yeah. yeah. But just the images that we're presenting and the things that we're putting out there, like let's be real. Like if we, we put up a sexy like. picture of ourselves, like yeah. are you and needing something from yeah. me? Yeah. And why are you doing that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number six, I think you should also talk about what it means to apply the principles of modesty to social media. Mm. Kind of relates to what you just said. If you're married, why are you posting images of yourself in a sexy outfit on social media? Or if you're a guy, yeah, all posing on the beach with your six pack. <laughs> I'm just saying that because I'm jealous. <laughs> Who are you wanting to attract? But think about this. This is, you know, that was a crack there, but this is serious too, right? Yeah. Why do you want that kind of attention? And while it might be flattering for other people than just for Linda to think I'm sexy, it's actually kind of frightening as well. Okay. You know, if a woman looks me up and down, it actually freaks me out. It honestly does. So why give them the opportunity to do that online where nobody's going to see them doing it? Mm, yeah. I wouldn't pose in my friend's home in a swimsuit in person. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds so random. Okay. <laughs> so I wouldn't pose in my friend's home in a swimsuit in person. Mm-hmm. Why would I do that on Facebook? And yes, all my friends thank me for that. <laughs> But it just can't lead to good things. Yes. So modesty doesn't stop just because you're on the internet. Yes. Or like all these women with selfies that take it from up high so you can see their cleavage. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. It's not helpful for me either. No. Yeah. Number seven. And yes. this one, we got to balance a little bit here. Praise and promote your spouse on social media. Now, I think we have had rants the odd time on past episodes about people that are like, <laughs> Wishing their spouse happy anniversary or happy birthday on social media. And we're wondering if like it's that gooey in real life. Yeah. If it is, great. So praise and promote your spouse on social media to the degree in which... You do it in real life? Yes. Yes. Agreed. So it's not an idealization of your relationship. Yes. Yes, that nails it entirely right on the head. Thank you. Not that that's an issue for me. (laughs) (laughs) I can see that you don't feel strongly about it. Well, and so we, you know... If your marriage is great, you should want people to want the quality of marriage that you have, not want you. Yes. Oh, that's good. Thank you. Did I'm you actually well think here. that up? <laughs> I did. That's good. Thank you for that vote of confidence. Well, I just meant, did you read it and research? <laughs> that's <something>? amazing. You <laughs> couldn't have possibly thought it up yourself. I don't no, mean that. I'm just projecting an idealization of my intelligence by plagiarizing <laughs> other people. Actually, that one I did think up. Thank you, babe. Okay, one last thing we should touch on, though. What about between us as a couple? How do we use social media between ourselves? And this is about communicating through social media. Mm -hmm. So problems not only arise from communicating with other people on social media, but how we communicate with each other. Mm -hmm. What? I just am remembering a time when autocorrect changed yours, and then you went into like a meeting for an hour, and I was all offended. And Oh, yeah. That was a good one. Was that the dog one? Yeah. Yep. Just a warning, folks. If you have an iPhone, D-O-H, when you're saying dope, it does change to dog. And if you call your wife a dog and then don't talk to her for an hour, (laughs) she does tend to get upset. (laughs) We've worked through that, though. Uh, Right? Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. So Heartline and and Cheddar, that sounds like a kind of cheese, but it's actually two researchers from 2014. (laughs) (laughs) Caleb, what if I ever listened to that? That's so rude. Well, my last name's Simone Gandal. I can make fun of some other people's names, too. Okay. So anyways, they surveyed couples in their use of technology to determine the advantages and disadvantages of technology to those couples' relationships. And one of the top problems stated by couples was that the use of various forms of technology, including social media, led to distancing and lack of clarity in their relationships. 
So let's talk about distancing for one sec. Okay. Some couples described how the only means in which they communicate with each other during the day was through various forms of technology. And this would start to take the place of face-to-face communication, mm. leaving them to feel distance from one another. Mm-hmm. And I think what's brutal about this is you could be doing this sincerely in order to keep in touch, but not realizing it was eroding your sense of closeness. Mm-hmm. So use it when you have to. Like if you from the study text, I love you when I'm in the kitchen. Yeah. No. I, that's very nice, but you could come and told me that. Yeah, I'd give you a squeeze. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Number two, lack of clarity. Hug. Kind of squeeze. Lack of clarity. A number of other couples described how communication with one another through various means of technology led to miscommunications because of an inability to see facial expressions and hear tone of voice. Mm-hmm. So when messages are not written clearly, this led to misinterpreting what was intended. Oh, I've been through this. I can't imagine that you have. <laughs> <laughs> but this is so real. Like yeah. you can't see facial expression. No. Or body language or anything. And they might be doing it like with a twinkle in their eye, a wink, and you yes. somebody gets all offended. Yes. And so if you must communicate this way, emoticons have help a lot. Yeah. Emo- or be willing to emojis say, like, you know what, you didn't respond to that and I was trying to be funny. You okay. know? Yeah. Did I offend you or did I Or ask the not question, were you meaning to be funny there? Yeah, or something. Yeah. You just have to be more clear. Yeah. Clarity. Clarity, yes. And that's the point. Mm-hmm. led to distancing and a lack of clarity. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of wanted to note that between you guys is to, to look at how your channels are working for you. Are they helping or are they hindering? Right. So, And while you might think they're helping, your spouse might not think that. Yes. So how should we figure that out? Maybe we should talk to each other. Have a conversation. We could text each other. <laughs> <laughs> Let's text each other about our use of social media. Okay. Obviously. We'd love to have you have a conversation with your spouse about this at your next opportunity. And so we have a worksheet based on the seven A's that we went over. It gives you a number of discussion questions to review with your spouse to help you create a marriage that uses social media in a safe, healthy way. Mm -hmm. What? I just realized like we didn't talk um, about not trying to find exes or the cute boy from school or whatever like that. Do you want to talk about that real quick? Well, I think you were in the middle of something, but I wasn't listening. I I was. Thinking about something else. <laughs> okay, let me finish this and then you can okay. wrap, get your thought together while I'm okay. doing that. So you can get this worksheet by opening your browser to oyf.link slash 90 or by texting the word podcast to 9292spouse. If you have a plan where you pay for text messages, then message and data rates may apply. But once again, all you need to do is text the word podcast to 9292spouse or you can find this bonus on our website for um, at this blog post actually at oyf.link slash 90. We will email you a link to that worksheet so you can download and print those questions and have a discussion about this with your spouse, which we would love for you to do. Mm-hmm. Like be proactive and protect your marriage. Yes. Rather than all of a sudden have your spouse come home and say, yes. oh, by the way, I'm leaving for yes. someone I found on Facebook. So the time to do this is not when it's a problem. Yes. The time to do this is when it's not. When you don't think it's a problem at all. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I was just thinking like you hear about people who you know, end up stalking their high school sweetheart. Yeah, they're kind of keeping track of how that opportunity might have gone. Yeah. And... That's not good. No. And going back to, I don't know which podcast it was, like years ago. Well, a year ago, maybe. And it was like, if you're married, this is the right one. Yeah. Like all those other opportunities or whatever flings, they're gone gone and they're no longer an option. Mm -hmm. So don't tempt yourself... By going back and checking them out mm-hmm. just to see 
mm. what they're doing or and that's also the don't do online what you wouldn't do offline right or, yeah. yeah so maybe we did cover it no that, that's good to bring that up because we need to know how to apply these things yeah so we want to shout out a huge thank you to those of us who left us reviews on itunes those recently did you leave yourself one? Oh, sorry to those who left us reviews on itunes this week why are you starting oh, yeah, sorry <laughs> that's very rude of me I can't even communicate in real life, let alone social media. I just text me about it later. <laughs> okay, so this one is Awesome Podcast iTunes Canada by TJH Canuck. This is my second review. I listen daily. It's my third time listening through the entire output of your podcast. Wow. I have listened to many others, but this is by far the best. An excellent blend of practical and scientific information presented in an enjoyable manner. The best podcast for your marriage. That is unbelievable. Yeah, so let me be the first to say thank you very much. Yes, because I forgot. And I think maybe if you've listened to us three times, you probably need some therapy for... <laughs> from us? <laughs> for, <laughs> for putting up with us? For free, because you put up with us for... <laughs> how many episodes is that? It's like 240 lessons? Oh, wow. Anyways, we're glad it's that helpful for you that you thought it worthwhile to do that. Yeah. And actually, uh, TGH cannot do... Uh, we have no way of knowing who you are through uh, the iTunes. iTunes reviews. So yeah. jump on our website, shoot us a note. I'd love to just chat with you for 20 minutes and learn a little bit more about you. Yeah, absolutely. And your marriage, yeah. Well, folks, that's all for today's episode. Can we talk about what we're talking about next week? Because I can pull that up real quick. Next week is about how to support your spouse during hard times. Oh. Yes. Now you may continue to finish. That's good. Like when I do a workout and I'm like struggling to stand up and you make fun of me, that's not very supportive. Well, we'll look forward to next week's episode. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) Well, that's all for today's episode. Again, you can get the full show notes at oif.link slash 90. That's nine zero. Remember, we are here to help build thriving, passionate marriages. So if this was helpful to you, we'd love it if you could help us spread the word and share this with others who would be blessed by it. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the OnlyYouForever.com podcast. Please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our podcast at OnlyYouForever.com slash love. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.